Well, welcome back. I'm glad to have you here on this Sabbath day. I'd like to be able to begin with prayer. Prayer to, to love and glorify our Heavenly Father. So let us begin by bowing our heads, presenting ourselves unto the Lord, repenting of anything that you may have done or we may have said uh, to harm someone else, anything that that uh, we really need to look at our inner soul and consider as possible sin. So as we begin to glorify our Heavenly Father, let us look at all the mercies of Almighty God. I, I make a decisive dedication of our bodies, our minds, our spirits, our soul. We presenting all of our members, all of our faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to you, O God, which is my reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. It's not in our own strength that we come before you, for it is you, O Lord, who is all the the while effectually at work inside of me, inside my soul, inside my heart, inside my mind. I pray let the Holy Spirit work within me. Father, I will not draw back or, or shrink in fear, for there your soul would have no delight or pleasure within us. So we know that we were brought, we were bought for a price for the wages of sin is death, purchased with the preciousness and paid for, made your very own through the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his blood and your grace, we are saved. And I call on you in the day of trouble. You delivered me. I shall honor and glorify you always. And we rejoice because you delivered us and drew us unto yourself out of the control of the dominion of darkness and obscurity that we were in. And you transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of your love. I pray that each of you that are listening to the sound of my voice will confess and praise God, O oh Lord my God, with all of your whole united heart and you will glorify God's name forevermore. In the name of Jesus, I pray that each of us would allow our lives to lovingly express truth in all things that we do. Speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly in God. Whatever we do, no matter what it is, in word or deed, we should do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and in dependence upon his personage, giving praise to God the Father through him in Jesus' name. Whatever may be our task, I work at a heartly from the soul. That's something I, that I need to do, someone I need to talk to, something I, I have that God is leading us to. Let us examine our leading into the light of his word. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and learn not to your own understanding. 
In all our ways, let us acknowledge him as he directs our paths. Let us walk in the light of Almighty God's word. Let us educate and train and develop our human spirit. Let the word of God shall not depart out of our mouths. Let us meditate therein day and night, and therefore let us make our way prosperous, and and we would have a good success in life. Let us be a doer of the word of God and put God's word first. Our spirit person is in the ascendancy. Thanks be to God who always causes us to be triumphant in Christ Jesus. In his name we pray, amen and amen. Last week, on Wednesday, I started teaching about relationships. And I began by teaching about the need to understand yourself. Before we can be successful in any relationship, even in, you could have been married for a hundred years, but in, including our relationship with God, we must first understand ourselves. You can always improve on your relationship not only with God, but with your spouse, with your family, with your friends. Remember the story we talked about, the prodigal son was was not successful in any of his relationships until, the Bible says, he came to himself. He came to himself, and he remembered who he really was. The reason that most people backslide is because they forget who they really are. They're a child of God, and that is what has happened to the prodigal. They become somebody they are not. And we open with prayer. Asking for the love of God and and, and be able to glorify God in all that we do. You know, we have inflation that's skyrocketing. Prices at the store skyrocketing. Try to fill your tank skyrocketing with gasoline prices. Inflation is at all-time high. Crime at an all-time high. This nation is in trouble. This nation is divided. And many times it would be because people in this nation are are someone else. They're not who they really are. Christianity is at an all-time low. Attendance in churches in America today are at an all-time low. I mean, we've hit rock bottom. So the first part of understanding yourself is to remember who you really are, where you came from, and what your purpose is. You came from God. You are his prized possession. You are created for his glory. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. Lift your hands to heaven and shout amen. Don't be bashful. You show his glory to this world through your testimony, through your witness. That was all reviewed. From a couple weeks ago. Today, I want to talk about the importance of self-respect. Respecting yourself. Say it with me. Respecting yourself. All healthy relationships, (coughs) excuse me, begin with self-respect. 
If you don't respect and love yourself, you will have a very hard time respecting and loving others. <coughs> Forgive me. If you don't respect yourself, how can you expect others who respect you? Self-respect. Jesus said in Mark, the book of Mark, Matthew, Mark, New Testament, Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31. Verse 30 says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind, and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Say it with me. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. The second greatest commandment in the Bible is a command to love one another or to love others. So notice, though, that it has two parts. Love your neighbors as yourself. Number one, love your neighbor. Number two, as you would love yourself. How we love our neighbor is, is contingent upon how we love ourselves. In other words, if you don't love and respect yourself, how can you love and respect your neighbor? <clears throat> if your love and respect for yourself is low, then your love and respect for others will also be low. That is what the Bible says. As thyself. Say it with me. As thyself. If Jesus wants us to have his, this great love for others, and he does, the Bible says it, <coughs> then when he said as thyself, he also meant we must have a great love and respect for ourselves. <coughs> Excuse me, I got a something in my throat there. The two go hand in hand. They're both part of the second greatest commandment. And I think you all understand that I am not talking about the worldly self-esteem today, but a, a godly love, a godly love for yourself. When you look in the mirror, you should see a person who is filled with the love of God, a person who is happy. You know, if not, there's there's a thing that we do at the office called self-care. Put your hands on your lap, close your eyes, take a deep breath, take another deep breath, take a third deep breath, and then shake your hands at your side, just shaking off all the day's stress. It's called self-care. It helps. Take a moment for you. But when you look at that mirror and that reflection is coming back, do you see a demon? Or do you see a child of God? When you begin to see that child of God, when you begin to see that smiley face that's filled with the Spirit, then you will understand this message. So I think you all understand that we're not talking about that self-esteem that, that, that is of the world, but a godly love for yourself and an appreciation of the greatest creation that you are in the sight of God. You are a prize of His possessions. And I'm not talking about thinking that you are all that in this world. It is one thing to be arrogant and cocky, but it's another thing to be self-confident in who God created you to be. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 24, Matthew 16, verse 24, maybe it's 26. For what is a man profited? If he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul, 
Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? So what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? We judge ourselves too often in the light of the world around us that's not saved and what this world can offer to us. We are not of this world. Jesus said, don't look at your life like that. Don't compare yourself to this world. Don't compare yourself to Hollywood. Don't compare yourself to the political uh, extremists in, in this world today. It doesn't matter if you have all this world can give you if you lose your soul. Jesus wants you to look at the real reason that you are here. And we discussed that last Wednesday. To reveal his glory to this world through your testimony, through your witnessing of Christ and God's word. You have something valuable. Listen to me, listeners. You have something valuable to offer this world. What you have is more precious than silver or gold. What you have is something that Hollywood doesn't uh, have. Your calling is the highest calling on this planet, on the planet Earth. It is a calling more important than the president of the United States. You can begin to love and respect yourself when you understand your importance in the kingdom of God. Can I get a witness? Can you lift your hands to heaven and shout amen and hallelujah? All of our love comes from God. For God is love. God is love. He made love. The Bible says in 1 John, now that's in the 1 John, not Matthew, Luke, and John, but 1 John chapter 4, 19 through 21. 19 says we love him because first he loved us. Say it with me. We love him because he first loved us. The first and the greatest commandment is to love God. And we love him because he first loved you and I. Now, let me take this a step further. In verse 20, if a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. In other words, you can't love God and hate another. It's impossible. If you do, the Bible says that you are a flat out a liar. If we connect this to a second commandment, we can then say, if we don't love ourselves, we can't love others. And if we cannot love others, we cannot love God. So loving ourselves is directly connected to loving God. You cannot truly love God if you don't love yourself. So it is important to have love and respect towards yourself. Forgive me, I took a breather and didn't get a drink afterwards. Somebody somebody out there listening, I want you to turn to somebody else or just look up to heaven and say, you know what? I love myself. I love myself. And I love God. David understood this. For he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully, say it with me, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Whether David did, uh, got discouraged, he said, I will encourage myself in the Lord. I will encourage myself in the Lord. When you look in that mirror, begin to encourage yourself instead of looking down on yourself. 
We have to we have to learn to do that if we want to be successful in God's kingdom. Kingdom, excuse me. Paul also understood this concept in Philippians, in Philippians four thirteen. It says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. Ooh, I love that verse. I love that verse. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthened me. This was the one keys to Paul's success. He had self-respect. He knew who he was. He knew where he came from. And he knew his purpose in this world was to serve God. Paul had a positive mental attitude, a positive mental attitude. We talked about self-care. Have a, a, a positive mental a, uh, attitude, not in a worldly sense, but in a godly understanding that through Christ, through Christ, he could fulfill God's will in his life. Why is it that we don't like ourselves? Personal failures. We've all messed up. In your past, you might have been criticized or even abused by others. It might be that Others are still not accepting you. And that leads into a lack of faith in God. Since others feel that way, God must also feel that way. If others don't want to use me, then God must not want to use me. You cannot, listen to me, you cannot afford to lose your faith in God in these trying times or any other time. If you lose your faith in Almighty God, you can't please God. And that's why we're here. To glorify God. We are what God created. We are new creations. And the old has passed away. And behold all things became new. You were saved from the guttermost to the uppermost. To, to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And the first step is to accept God's love on your heart. And the Bible says that he first loved us. And we must accept that. God loves you. Then we must begin expressing that love towards ourselves and others. But first, to yourself. Once you realize that, that you are loved by God, mind, body, spirit, and soul, then you will take that the next step and begin to love others. Not seeing their faults, but seeing in their heart. Seeing right into their heart and knowing that there's a good heart in every person because every person was created by God. Amen? Then we, we, we must learn to, to re, release ourselves. We said this before last, last Wednesday. Release ourselves from our past. Forgive yourself. Listen to me. Forgive yourself as God has forgiven you and move on with your life. The past is the past. That's why it's called the past. We need to move on with it. So how do we do that? Now this is important. Forgive me, I'm taking a drink of water. Now, this is very important. Number one, we begin by accepting God's mercy and God's grace. We accept his forgiveness. And if God is willing to forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? It's time. It's time to let go of the past and move forward in your future serving the Lord. In Romans 4, 5 and 8. Romans 4, chapter Chapter 4, verse 5 through 8. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Even as David also describeth the blessedness of the man 
unto whom God imputeth righteousness without works, saying, Blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is a man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. They're covered. The minute that, that, that Christ hung at Calvary on that cross and that blood began to spill, one of those droplets of blood was yours. And it covers you from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet, all the way down. And God says to Jesus, and, and Jesus says to you, I will reach within your heart. I will take that blackened flesh out, that blackened heart of stone. I will take it out, and I will replace it with a heart of love. Hallelujah. A, a heart of love for God. Listen, none of us deserves to be forgiven. There are none righteous, no, not even one. But in his mercy, in his mercy, God chooses to forgive each and every one of us. And God chose to forgive you. I hope you're listening. God chose to forgive you. Can you accept that in your life? If you can accept that God has forgiven you, then it's time that you forgave yourself and move forward. It's a step of faith. To accept and to believe that God has forgiven you. Paul said that faith, faith, say it with me, faith is counted for righteousness. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Faith is counted as righteousness. It is too often that we want to have a, a, a say in God's forgiving process. God, I promise I won't do this again if you will just forgive me. Or God, if you will just take care of my problem, I will do this for you. God, if you'll just make me a winner of the lottery, I'll always remember you. I'll give 10% of the church. That's what people think. Or God, if you will truly forgive my sin, then I will be able to do what you have called me to do. We don't put things on God. He's not our butler. He doesn't answer the door for us. He doesn't open the door of the limousine for you. God is God. And you don't make deals. It's not, it's not, let's make a deal. We put so many conditions on God's grace. Sometimes we make it impossible to work in our lives because we will only accept it on our terms, not God's terms. His terms are simple. Just believe and accept that he has forgiven you. Your faith in his forgiving power is what makes you righteous. Amen. Somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody is tuning in for a purpose. God has called you to hear this message. That fact that you believe that God has forgiven you is what makes you righteous in God's eyes. The fact that you believe that God can still use you is what makes God want to use you. What have you done for God lately? We think the Lord is keeping score of our sin. When all the while he just wants you to know that you are forgiven. Of everything in your past. Now, I want to read this passage to you from from the Message Bible. I call it. It reads so cool in here in Romans eight uh, four. Excuse me, Romans four, three and eight, three through eight. What we read in Scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. 
we don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something only God can do, and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself. No matter how hard you work, no matter how long you work, well, that trusting him to do it is what gets you set right with God, by God. A sheer gift. David confirms this way by, by looking at it, saying that the one who trusts God to do the putting everything right, the one who accepts God to do the putting everything right without insisting on having a say in it is the one fortunate person. Fortunate are those whose crimes are carted off whose sins are wiped clean from the slate. And fortunate is the person against whom the Lord does not keep score. Blessed is the man who can trust that God makes everything right in your life. And if you believe that God has made uh, you righteous, then you are a righteous person in God's eyes. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody out there, raise your hands to heaven and give the Lord some praise today. Some of you think that just because you messed up, God is not going to use you anymore. That's not true. That's a lie spun by the devil. I've got news for you. His death overcame the obstacle 2,000 years ago. His blood has more power than that. The Bible says that the gifts and the calling of God are without repentance. Once he fills you and called you, you are called for life. The devil wants you to think that your mistakes have put you on the outs with God. That's not true. That's a lie from the devil himself. It's a lie. The devil wants you to think that your mistakes have put you on the outs with God. Maybe it wasn't the devil. Maybe it was some authority in your life and you said you have messed up and God will never use you again. But the Bible tells us who can forgive sins but God. Who can forgive sins but God? Through the blood of Jesus Christ and the grace of, law, uh, of God, you are saved. If you can accept his forgiveness, that makes you righteous. If you can have faith in his mercy, you can make it. If you can grab hold of the grace of God, God will use you. Can I get someone to witness today? Yeah, you're not in church. There's nobody around going to see you. Clap your hands. Raise them high. Praise the Lord. And give him praise. See, I have to share. I want to share this story. Um, I, it's a story that I, from years ago when when I used to go to Brother Barnett's church. And Brother Barnett preached about it. And it rocked the house. Brother Barnett was sharing a story of Abraham and his wife Sarah traveling through the kingdom of Abinamelech. Now, Abinamelech was a real bad dude. He he didn't believe in God or in the God of Abraham. He believed in other gods. And when Abraham and his wife came through their city, listening to what happened, you might remember this story in Genesis chapter 20, verse 1 through 3. Uh, Genesis 20, 1 through 3. And Abraham journeyed from thence toward the south country and dwelled between Kadesh and Shur and sojourned in Gerera. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, she is, she is my sister. And Abelak, the king of, of Gerar, sent and took Sarah. 
How many of you remember this story? Sarah was a beautiful woman, and when Abimelech saw her, he wanted her. Since he was the king, he could have whatever he wanted. Abraham was worried that uh, Abimelech would kill him and take his wife. So he, he lied and said, she's my sister. In other words, Abimelech, go ahead and take her and have your way with her. Now, Abraham, the man of God, the father of all Israel, the faithful one, lied. Not only did he lie, but he would not stand up and protect his wife. Not only is he a lying dog, but he is a coward as well. Now, you would think that God would have withdrawn his blessings and his power from Abraham for this sin. That's what we would do, right? Listen what happens in verse 3. But God came to Abimelech. In a dream that by night, and said to him, Behold, thou art but a dead man, for the woman which thou hast taken, for she is a man's wife. Then you skip down to verse 7 in Genesis 20, verse 7. Now therefore restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet, and he shall pray for thee, and thou shalt live. If thou restore her not, know thou that thou shalt surely die, thou and all of that that are thine. Notice what he says, for he is a prophet. It doesn't say that he was a prophet. It doesn't say that he was a prophet, but Abraham, the liar, is a prophet. Your position with God doesn't change just because you do something wrong. Now, I want you to carefully listen to me here. Your position with our Heavenly Father does not change just because you did something wrong. People backslide. But God has created a way that you can just call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. You can repent to God. The difference between church people and God is that church people throw their liars out. But God gives them another chance. Hallelujah. Don't let your failures define you. You do not lose your calling just because you messed up. You do not lose your status with God just be because you made a few mistakes. You don't. Do not become less than what God called you to when you fail him. Men <laughs> may make you out to be less than you are, but not God. The calling is without repentance. Now, I don't believe that there is anybody that, that, that is listening to this broadcast today who hasn't messed up since you came to God. If you haven't, then you are probably telling a lie, just like Abraham and the rest of us. The Bible says, for all, say all, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We are all just a bunch of sinners living under the grace of Almighty God. Amen? We have to believe and accept that God has forgiven us. That is what it makes us righteous in His sight. It is not our righteousness, but His. Our righteousness is no better than Abraham's righteousness. Jesus called it as filthy rags. If God can forgive a liar like Abraham, if God can use a murderer like Moses, if God can forgive an adulterer like David, then God can still forgive you and use you to reveal his glory to this world. I want you to listen to what happened in Genesis 20, verse 17. Genesis 20, verse 17. Abraham prayed unto God, and God healed Abimelech and his wife and his maidservants, and they bare children. God used a liar to heal the king and all his house. The gifts don't leave you just because you mess up. I'm going to say it again. 
God's gifts to you do not leave just because you messed up. God wants to restore somebody's faith today. Someone that's out there listening right now. God wants to restore your faith. God is, is reminding somebody here that's listening of their calling. God has not changed as he sees you. He still desires to use you if you'll just come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. If you will just accept God's love, accept God's forgiveness, accept the fact that you cannot change the past because the past is the past. That's why they call it the past. Forgive those that you have a power to forgive. Change the things that you have to change and you have the power to change and leave the rest up to God. Hallelujah. Oh, brothers and sisters, those that are listening to the sound of my voice, won't you come and accept his forgiveness today? You can be restored today. You can be healed right now. You can find a purpose for your life today. If that's you, look in that mirror. And if that face that is looking back at you is who we're talking about, then it's time you come back to the Lord. If you see the darkness that's surrounding that image in the mirror, you need to come back to the Lord. Perhaps it's drug addiction. Perhaps it's alcoholism. Perhaps it's pornography. I don't know. It's not up to me. It's up to God. And God says he would forgive you when you accept his love. When you accept the gift of salvation. Would you say this with me, please? Bow your head right now. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, your son, I, Lord, am a sinner. I have sinned against you and others. But today, listening to this message, I believe I've found salvation. I call upon your grace and I call upon the blood of Jesus. For you said that if anyone would believe that he was put to death on the cross, resurrected and ascended to you, they would be saved. I believe that in my heart. And I ask you today to accept me, forgive me, touch me with your loving grace. In Jesus' name I pray, come into my life and change me. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. I want to thank you for being with us today. And I hope you enjoy this message, and I hope that it reaches you in your heart and down into your very soul. There is much that we can learn. Once we learn to respect ourselves, then we can respect others. Once we learn to love ourselves, we can love others. With that, on Wednesday next, we will be in um, part three, the need for friends the need for our friends. Now, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face to shine upon you till we meet again. God bless.